0: Hello, welcome to the plug. Here on The Plug Podcast, we are all about taking anal sex conversations even deeper. Whether you're a beginner to butt stuff, or maybe you're a more of an advanced anal adventurer, The Plug is focusing on more pleasure and less shame for all bodies. I'm your host, Luna Matadas. I'm a sex and pleasure educator, and I'm super eager to answer all of your sex questions and bring you special guest experts to help expand our ass play knowledge. The Plug is made possible by the fabulous Bee Vibe. Be Vibe is an award-winning sex toy company who's busy innovating anal pleasure with body-safe toys and high-end designs that are focused on exceptional booty experiences. Welcome to our pegging episode. I have been waiting for this episode. I am so excited for our guest today. We're welcoming a professional dominatrix to talk with us about pegging. And this is especially poignant because pegging really is one fantasy that also has many iterations of itself in different kinds of fantasies, but it's one kind of fantasy of strap-on play. And it's usually referring to a cisgendered heterosexual man who is receiving anal penetration from someone that's strapping it on that's usually a cisgendered heterosexual woman. And Dan Savage was a sex educator, or is a sex educator, who coined this term in the early 2000s because there was so much stigma around cisgendered heterosexual men receiving anal sex. And so creating this name or this this particular fantasy around it sometimes can help people engage. Engage in fantasies where there is a lot of shame uh, by navigating around it and, and reclaiming it in a way. So I'm really excited to get a ton of tips and advice and also behind the scenes pegging stories from our guest today. So I am super ridiculously excited to talk to my guest today all about pegging. So we have the Lady Pym here today. Lady Pym is a professional dominatrix, sexy podcaster, I can verify this, kink educator, and adult content creator who loves nothing more than making a submissive squirm. She facilitates fetishes from pegging to fin dom to pain play to wellness domination to humiliation. And in her personal life, she's pansexual, poly and switchy so
1: welcome lady pin Oh, I thank you so much, Luna. Welcome to you right back. <laughs> so, I am like totally fangirling because I got
0: to be on the Lady Plans podcast and like we've known each other through different events in Toronto that you produce, and it's just been like an awesome time watching you grow into this like area that you're owning around professional dominatrix and also this amazing approach to kink education that you do. So I'd Aww. love to help everyone like know what is this like path for you? Like, how did you get into this? And and tell me a bit about your approach to BDSM.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, I got into this uh, via like other kind of sex work adjacent things. Like, you know, um, like like yourself, Luna. I had I had aspirations to be a sex educator, but you know that sometimes isn't the only avenue, like to pay the bills, perhaps. So. Yeah. You know, you're trying to diversify your income, but you're trying to stay within the sex and sexuality field. So I've done things like sex, sexuality, podcasting. I've worked in sex toy retail. I did things like working at a sex club, teaching like lap dance classes, stripping classes. I have kind of a performance background and also a writing background. So I was like writing erotica professionally as well. So doing kind of all the things and then eventually got to the point that I was like, oh, well, let's just do sex work now, shall we? Like, this is the makes sense in the progression of things. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear me or- <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's um, it's me being like a lifelong kinkster, um, always being very focused on sex and sexuality, just like in my personal life and in my relationships. It's always held like a lot of weight for me. So it's always been a passion of mine. I find people very interesting. Um, I love sex. I love kink and I love connecting with people and finding out about them. So that's kind of why this field makes sense for me mm-hmm. and i think uh, the fact that you mentioned in the intro the fact that i am a switchy like lifestyle switch in my personal life um i feel like that also gives me a lot of insight specifically in my kink like education work i can talk from both sides all the sides doing all the things i've got a lot of experience kind of everywhere i also have very varied very varied tastes as far as kink goes like there's not a lot I'm not into so all those things all together i was like yeah this makes sense for me and um a bit about my kink practice i think uh, obviously it's the last the last year it's looked a lot different um i had to take everything online pretty much so it looks mm-hmm. a lot different now but i think my like kind of core values surrounding kink uh for sure haven't changed and that's like um, you know, to help people, not to harm people, um, you know, do no harm basically. Um, and by that, I mean, uh, like I can hurt you in all the ways that we agree to hurt you in a session, but, um, I'm going to do all of the, I'm going to put all of the energy into making sure you're kind of better off than I left you. And, um, I'm really interested in using, uh, kink, to be a part of your journey, whether it's like self actualizing, or maybe you're on a healing journey or a self love journey or something like that. So I think at the root of things, I'm like, I'm here to help you make your life kind of maybe fuller, more enhanced, hotter, sexier, but like, you know, I've been in customer service forever as well. So I'm like, I want to provide a valuable service to you. That's it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think it speaks to your creativity that you've been able to bring all these different aspects that that really come together from different life experiences or lifestyle stuff or jobs and and put it into being a professional dom. And yeah. I think one thing that I love about your approach that that you just spoke to, I mean, in in such a, a wonderful way is that. You don't have this narrow kind of hierarchy of, you know, like, here's how you be a true kingster and these are the things that you do, and... I think when people are approaching fantasy or something new, you know, something like pegging, there's always these expectations and and there's such a lack of empathy when there's these expectations of how it's supposed to look and what it's supposed to do and what makes it true in an experience or what makes it like, well, you tried, but you didn't quite get there. And I think you eliminate a lot of that. So how do you, how do you kind of... um, you know, embrace that when, when people are approaching you about their fantasies, like what are, what are kinds of communication or things that, uh, you would
1: ask someone about a fantasy? Um, basically if I haven't played with them before, we got to do like a lot of conversating about, about the scene. You know what I mean? I'm not going to, uh, hear a kink, like them give me one kink, like say foot fetish. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to assume that I know what that is and what this looks like and just give it to them. Like, that's not what it looks like at all. That's like the you telling me what kinks you're interested in. That's the beginning of a conversation about what kind of a scene we could do together. And I I, I honestly think that me being a podcaster, me interviewing people like for the past like six years on my podcast, I think I think I use a lot of the same techniques that I would in negotiation with like a new (laughs) sub. And honestly, I think like I even said, being in customer service, it's like you got to be warm and welcoming. You got to make the person feel safe, feel like they can trust you, not in a creepy, manipulative way. But like they have to know that they're in a safe space, a judgment free, shame free zone. You know what I mean? So a lot of my approach is just to come off as warm as possible. Like we're going to talk like, out of role, basically. Like, Mm -hmm. anybody that has a request for the scene to start right when they enter the door, if I don't know the person, I'm like, no. No, it will not do that. Because it's important um, for for both of our safety, quite frankly, uh, for us to really sit down and, like, get to know each other a little bit so that we both feel comfortable to play with each other. And then from there, like, all kinds of questions. Like, how do you want the scene to feel? Do you have any, like intentions for this scene goals in this scene is there you know a particular thing you would like to explore what does the scene mean to you tell me about your like your journey in your kink tell me specifically like what is interesting about this kink to you all kinds of little detailed questions like that that is just going to give me as much information as possible to provide like a nuanced scene that is custom catered to you essentially and then that is also allowing me to do all the things that i want to do in the scene too because like as you mentioned i'm a creative person so like you know if someone brings a full script to me and has this very strict idea of what the scene that is going to look like i'm like well hold on now i'm first of all i'm the one with all the experience usually that's not always the case of course with uh, with dumbs. but like i'm the one that has a lot of experience here i'm Uh, very, very well first in facilitating scenes for beginners. And I'm a very creative person. And, um, you know, I'm another brain in the room. I'm another heart in the room. I'm another soul in the room. So like my opinion matters too, even though it is like a customer service and I'm providing a service for you. It's like, well, hey, I'm here too. And this is my style. You know, these are my boundaries. These are my limits. This is the vibe I'm getting from you. You know, this is my experience with this kink and the scenes surrounding this kink that I typically do and really having like the two way conversation about the scene. You
0: know, I love hearing this and I hope people are also picking up on on the types of questions and how they could be so easily wrapped into conversations, even if you're not a professional, but with someone that you are trying something new with, or you're not sure how they feel about it, or you're both inexperienced. Like, I think the the word that you use that I love this nuance about, Mm. yeah, so we want to do pegging. But as soon as we say pegging, people are going to have a particular maybe idea in mind, or they're going to be intimidated because they don't know what it's about. Yeah. And so, like getting the nuance, like asking these questions is is an amazing way to actually have a more successful dynamic. So I love that that you're sharing how they work out in a in a professional environment, and I I totally think they work in
1: in a personal environment. Yeah, definitely.
0: And yeah, and would you say like okay? So I think I kind of want to know. I mean, is plugging like a popular thing that you get a request for?
1: Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Okay. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. send the tell me, tell me all the, <laughs> tell me all the dirt. I want to know. <laughs> like, okay, the thing with pegging, yeah, it's um, it's, it's one of those things, right, where the uh, submissive, the submissive people that you know come under my wing, or the kingsters, they don't have to identify as sub- submissives necessarily. They, they come under my wing, my professional wing, um, in order so that they can explore this thing or do this thing that they probably don't have access to uh, for whatever reason in their personal lives. Maybe they just don't have a play partner at all. Maybe they don't have the time and energy to put into like an actual kink dynamic with somebody or a relationship with somebody that goes beyond just doing like a one hour scene. Maybe they have like internalized shame surrounding this particular kink. Mm -hmm. Um, Pegging specifically, um, like, yes, I see clients of all genders and on all sorts of different like identifications as far as orientation and their kink identity and whatnot. But let's be honest, the majority of my clients are cis hat males. So pegging is a very layered activity. From my perspective, I'm like, Pegging is just like any activity. Like there's no inherent power dynamic on it. You can do pegging a hundred different ways. Like you can do any other sexual act, let's say, like say a blowjob. Like that doesn't, somebody giving somebody else a blowjob doesn't necessarily dictate who is the dominant and who is the submissive Mm -hmm. in that scene. Like it it can look so many different ways. So that's one of the things that specifically cishet males do hold a lot of these kind of misconceptions about for themselves like internalized homophobia for instance like Mm -hmm. internalized like the toxic masculinity stuff like all of that stuff and and like both internal and external like it's everywhere right Mm -hmm. um So I think it pegging is one of those things that is wrapped up in all that. And that's why a lot of people end up going to professionals because they just don't feel for all of these reasons that they can be doing it openly with people in their lives. Like it's a high risk scenario to ask somebody for something when you have that fear of being like rejected potentially about it. Right. So with me, if you go and book a session with me, you're guaranteeing that not only I'm a knowledgeable facilitator, I'm going to be safe. I'm going to be discreet. And Hey, I, I don't know your family. I don't know your friends. And you know, I, I'm, I got the key to a lot of people's secrets. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of why that's a big reason of why my job exists, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I, I think
0: there's so much to be said about, um, you know, like going to a professional, and I think even even folks on on the other side who want to be givers of pegging, who want to strap mm-hmm. it on, there's definitely shame around that too. And my my new opening line on Bumble lately has been, "Hey there, you look peggable," and you know it's not received <laughs> very well. And, <laughs> like, and yet, you know the kind of like. That. <laughs> yeah from like the kinds of stuff that that I get of course it, it's like horrible from, from a lot of like cis het men on, on dating apps and so I thought well why don't I just like make this like a positive thing and be like I'm open to this you know if we're talking about sex this is what we're talking about and and so there's so many they still are wrapped up in that toxic masculinity you're talking about and like patriarchy has no gender so this it like really affects us all um, but it does set up this kind of masculinity around um, cisgendered heterosexual men who really really identify anything to do with the, the butts is then kind of seen as feminine or it's their internalized homophobia so it's either you know something around misogyny or, or homophobia going on for them and yeah. um, you know I'd love, I'd love to hear a bit about like what what kinds of fantasies are, are people coming to you with around pegging like are there different kinds of rules or kind of vibes around pegging that people want to explore? Yes
1: yeah, certainly it can look as I said before it can look lots and lots of different ways, right? But even specifically, like at work, I'm in the dominant role. That's one of the things I do. So even within me being the dominant and then being the submissive, it can still look so, 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 so many different ways. Like I have had requests for pegging with no dynamic like added power dynamic or role play or whatever on it whatsoever they just want the sensation the stimulation of pegging Mm -hmm. Um, so it can be about that for the person it can be about a a popular request is con non-con so like a lack of consent fantasy Mm -hmm. some people like to get really creative and you know do do the the role plays like not even the archetypes but like Um, subversive versions of the archetypes, like Uh where I'm the student dominating the teacher, for instance, which is a really fun kind of flip of the script. I've had a couple of requests, both with impact play and also with pegging that somebody would like to do it to tears. That's one that is kind of more an emotional choice that someone could take or like a cathartic Mm -hmm. kind of a release kind of a choice as well. I mean, and then there's just so many positions you can do. They can be bound in all sorts of ways. You can have clamps on them. You can have gags on them. You can be doing e at the same time or impact at the same time. You can be, you know, making them do all the work or you can just be kind of laying into them and pounding them. Like you can it can really look really sensual. Like, I have a very specific memory of a client. I hope he still thinks of me, too. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was, like, such a beefcake man, like, like just so muscly. And usually I'm not into that whatsoever. So I hadn't really been with a very, very muscly person in my personal life. But as a client, I'm like, of course, yes, come on in. I will peg you, sir. And um, it ended up being just such a sensual, sensual session and at one point I ended up I I had him like standing bent over um, like facing away from me and um, I was standing and pegging him from behind and at one point I just kind of <laughs> like leaned forward and just like hugged him mm. <laughs> like embrace this muscly man I was like oh this is like a moment right now <laughs> a moment I will always cherish apparently because years later I still <laughs> He for sure still thinks of it. I hope so. <laughs> I want to leave a lasting impression, you know?
0: It's in his face permanently. <laughs> I would
1: love that, honestly. <laughs>
0: I feel like we could like swap like pegging stories for like a whole episode like I had this I "I gonna tell you one now so I (laughs) because it fascinates me that that you meet people and and within a session like you're you're working up through you're working through the fantasy and then into the activity and then Mm -hmm. the debrief and I find like whenever I've tried to hook up around pegging you know it's a lot of times with cisgendered heterosexual men who have never played with their own asshole and Mm -hmm. and so there's this like you you know, this, this kind of uh, unanticipated area and sensations, and it's really exciting for them, but, like, physically their body, the anus needs to be able to, like, warm up and open up, and they just kind of want it shoved in. And I, I had <laughs> someone come over I mean, <laughs> This guy came, like, packing his own strap on and his own dildo. And I was like, good for you, man. You know, good for you. It looked like he picked it up on the way. And <laughs> and I looked at the dildo, and I was like, there's no way. Like, his eyes are way bigger than his butthole. Like, this is not going in his ass. And I ended up um, fingering his ass with my middle finger and had him bent over, too, and was just sort of thrusting against my own hand. And so it felt like he was being penetrated, but also mm-hmm, getting mm-hmm. that, like, bump again. Him, and I thought, you know, this person had an amazing time doing that, and and thought that like they felt fuller. They didn't know it was just my finger, and and, and I thought, you know, this is like <laughs> such a good. I was, I remember thinking in the middle of it, I'm like, I have to remember to talk about this in my class because this is really <laughs> like so such good. <laughs> it's like goodness. really it's like sinking into the sensations, emotions, like you said, like, like hugging this person, like, and really that the pegging, yes, the strap-on is a big part of it and the anal penetration is a part of it, but people do things like cock worship through the, the strap-on or, you know, they get this like touch or the sensuality or your partner gets to be the one who's not, you know, doing the penetrating or things like that. So, I mean, there's so many
1: other kinds of ways, I think. Um, and you must see so many of them. Yeah, no, that's such a great point. Like just, um, I mean, the a, a pegging session, like if somebody just comes to me with, I want to do pegging, and they're like, uh, they book a two hour session. I'm like, okay, so <laughs> yeah, <we're not. laughs> for the full two hours. Um, so you've got to kind of create a scene surrounding uh, the warm up, the teasing, the dirty time other stimulations and then we've got to like really draw out this act you know what I mean like and yes the fantasy from a lot of people is to just get like grip it and rip it baby you know Mm -hmm. what I mean but not always a realistic choice like I like I have for sure had times I've had two times like in my recent memory where I was in session with somebody and you just couldn't we couldn't penetrate them with the dildo turns Mm. out I mean it just wasn't happening which is totally fine because as you mentioned there are other things you can do that can still get them what they need out of it like what Mm. what does what do they want out of the pegging you know what I mean like what is important to them what what can they tell me about their experience Um, even just as they're fantasizing about it well what's hot about it is it seeing me over you Mm. the feeling of you being bent over and just taken? Is it, you know, like you can, because you have to kind of balance these two worlds of reality and fantasy, right? In the fantasy, they want to take the biggest dick um, and be able to do it at the drop of a hat. In reality, they can't do that perhaps, like physically. So you have to kind of weave these two things together. You have to make them feel like they're taking the biggest dick ever, you know, as quickly as possible, like they're being used, whatever Mm. the fantasy is, right? So you can kind of, as as you said, you can kind of fudge it a little bit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, you can make them feel, you can still make them feel the way they want to feel without, while still being safe, while still respecting the fact you don't want to give them, you know, a, any sort of like um, injury. <laughs> Yeah. Just don't break the that you get to be in stop breaking them stop <laughs> doing it like for me I don't want to I don't want to damage my toys I don't want to damage my little sex toys yeah you know? so people's butts holes included so you know but but it's so interesting like that you can it's just so cool like when somebody comes to me with pegging I'm like okay let's talk about it like let's let's delve deep into this, what this fantasy is about for you. Because, like, I honestly get so excited. I'm like, what about it is so hot to you? What about it? You know what I mean? Like, and I'm just, I love to then offer that, like, very detailed, as we said, nuanced, like, scene that I'm facilitating. Like, I want to nail it, pun intended, that time. Um, I I really do want to nail it. You know what I mean? Like, I want to get this as close to the fantasy as possible, even if like physically, maybe we can't exactly do, but like, let's, let's really try to get what you need out of this.
0: I think that's such a a great approach. And, and even for, for people who are, you know, let's say you've been with your partner for a really long time and you feel really comfortable with them and you kind of take for granted that like, you still have to be curious about their fantasies and desires or when they talk about something. And so if your partner's like, I want to peg you or, you know, like let's get into pegging, it's, it's important to ask these questions. Like, I love what you said about, you know, well, what do you think about, you know, when you're fantasizing about this, what, what are the things that are going on when you're masturbating to this and like really digging into that whole web of
1: like erotic potential that's around this one particular activity yeah because that can give you so much information as the receiver of the information not the receiver of the strap-on but like that can give that's just arming me, me with all these little tidbits of all these of golden nuggets of of information you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I'll try I'll try not to keep doing poop puns. I swear but um, no I love it you love it here (laughs) keep it up I'll do more I'll double it yeah um (laughs) (laughs) um, but you know what I mean like like from that information you telling me like really deeply personal stuff like that I'm I'm going to be incorporating all of that into the scene either through the way I'm touching you or way i'm pegging you or what dildo i'm using or like maybe the visuals we're creating with this um the positions that we're using the dirty talk i'm using like oh by all means tell me what you want to be called like tell me the phrases you want to hear for me as a bottom i'm like very dependent on dirty talk like i just need to hear the thing Mm -hmm. in conjunction with the stimulation to like really make it happen to me like for the the uh, you know the aha moment to like connect i need to kind of hear both alongside each other i need the internal and the external stimulated at the same time so mm-hmm. i always try to take that into account with people as well i'm like what do you want to hear oh tell me yes tell me all the things
0: So if you're thinking about doing some shopping for your booty, I definitely recommend you head over to bvibe.com for three of my favorite things. So one of them is the beginner butt stuff bundle. So this is especially great if you have a pegging fantasy, but you've never put anything inside of your butt. Uh, The plugs that, the two plugs that are included in this bundle are great for beginners. And one of them is a hands-free plug that vibrates and you can control it via the remote control. And the other plug, is a weighted plug so it also gives you some hand free benefits because of the weight inside of it stimulates your anal nerve endings because it's weighted so you get this benefit of gravity Included in the bundle is an intimate toy cleaner, as well as a natural water-based lubricant, which is super thick and great and doesn't contain any harsh ingredients. The other kit that I would recommend is the anal training kit and education set. So you get the lovely complete guide to anal play from B-Vibe. You get an enema bulb that can help you clean yourself out and maintain mess a little bit easier. You also get a lube syringe, so sometimes it's great to be able to get lube a little bit deeper into the anus with the help of a lube syringe and you get three different butt plugs so which is great for having options depending on what your booty is in the mood for now if you're more of an advanced anal adventurer I would definitely recommend checking out the texture plugs bundle the texture plug bundle is is great because you get a lot of different kinds of sensation because of the bumps and swirls on on the plugs and so this can help massage your rectum in different ways and help you sink in to focusing on new sensations in your butt if you are shopping at bvibe.com you can use code luna l-u-n-a to save 30% off of any b branded product so head over there and treat your booty to some high-end and quality toys Yeah. And what do you think that, that the givers,
1: like, what do the peggers get out of pegging? Like, what's hot for them? Oof. So much. Again, so much. Like, visually, oh, oh, yes. Like... <laughs> Oh, I mean stimulation wise. Like depending on how sensitive your bits are, you can be like you can for one put a vibrator into the dildo if you like vibration, you know, or just get a vibrating dildo just in general. If if you just like uh, like pressure sensations, then I mean, oh, pegging is absolutely for you. If you like pressure on like your pubic mound, if you really enjoy when when you're getting when you're receiving PIV, if you're a vulva or a vagina owner, if you really like that pounding sensation, then like you can 100% recreate that when you're topping a pegging scene, like all the sexy things of just taking in the the lovely visuals and the lovely just like you pleasing your partner seeing your partner maybe give over control surrender to you react Like I'm really big on reactions, like me dominating in a scene, like a professional scene. I'm just trying to get you to do shit. Like I'm trying to, you know, do everything to get a reaction out of you. That's the shit that I just like will eat for breakfast the next day. Those (laughs) are the long, the lasting memories for me is like, ooh, remember when I made you do that? (laughs) When I made you yelp or I made you wince or I made you arch your back or your toes curl or those sounds like auditory too. like there's a lot going on there as well you know what I mean so really there's so much out of it and and you can be layering so many things on top of this act like you know pegging is great just if you want to just do pegging, but you can add any sort of fantasy, dynamic role play, other kinks on top of this, like so, so many. So, you know, as the top, like, okay, what are the other kinks that you really enjoy topping? Well, I'm sure you could probably do a few of those while you're pegging a person. If, if the actual act of pegging, you feel kind of neutral about, um, you know, you can really make it, make it something where you're really going to be engaged sexually or emotionally as well Mm -hmm. yeah and i i think that's that's such an important thing that i think
0: a lot of people forget especially if it's not their fantasy right away but their partner wants to do it and they're just kind of like you know good and giving and game and and want to like get into it um because i i know i certainly felt that at first I was like oh strapping it on means I have to be more like butch or like masculine and that wasn't a turn on for me the phallic kind of energy of it wasn't a turn on but the idea that I could be like I, I sunk into this like idea of like kind of hyper femininity and this like mm-hmm. power of like oh my god I get to be inside of someone and you know someone is wants this and wants me to be inside of them even though it's a dildo It still it became like an extension of my mm-hmm. of my fem power and um Finding that was definitely, like, what anchored me in the eroticism about it. So I think sometimes people get get things, like, sort of wrong about pegging um, or a limited view around pegging, I mean, from porn and and just kind of what we see, and that it always has to be kind of like you're breaking an asshole. Um, (laughs) Is there anything else you kind of see, even from, like, the Peggy side, that people get wrong about pegging or that have some myths around pegging?
1: Yeah, sure. I I agree with the fact that sometimes people think that that there's a dick, even though it's not like a factory installed penis. I I learned that from you, Luna. Um, (laughs) I do use that. And I credit you every time.
0: I I love that you use it.
1: (laughs) Every time I'm not I haven't stolen it <laughs> you can feel <steal> it what <laughs> I have I have said about about myself because I'm a vulva and vagina owner I do say I have a factory installed tuck myself in some circumstances um <laughs> but yeah pegging um misconceptions um I think uh oh something that we haven't even touched on yet is the fact that shit happens maybe mm. you know what i mean like and it doesn't mean that you've suddenly now ruined the scene ruined the moment like it should be like i i really do want to normalize that you know what I mean like we're we're in shit's house you know what I mean like so if they happen to knock on the door um and peek their head in that's that's completely within their rights they do live there so like let's no reason to get mad about it we are using their space you know yeah (laughs) It's a right-to-own situation, perhaps. (laughs) Um, but (laughs) (laughs) But this idea of just mortification surrounding, you know, any tiny little bit of an accident that might happen as far as poo goes. It's like, I really do try, especially like in a professional, I mean everywhere, but especially in a professional environment where I happen to be, I might be doing it with somebody that's doing it for a first time, really trying to normalize um, the reality of doing anal. You know what I mean? Like you may have to be using gloves and you may not, you know, be used to seeing somebody wear gloves and that might might make you feel like you're dirty or something like that. But it's literally like just because, uh, for it, well, it's for a barrier for, for me, but also it's like it's for the ease of the scene as well because I can do hand stuff to kind of warm you up and then I can just whip off those gloves and then do other things, you know, and I don't have to completely excuse myself to go get myself a re- really good hand wash or whatever. Same with like lube is a reality of this situation, you know what I mean? Like, we will need to use lube so like don't worry don't feel you know that some of us feel internalized lube shame you know um yeah that's my love language so we gotta, we gotta get
0: more people on board with it.
1: <laughs> maybe exactly yeah like the more the merrier right let's fucking the slipperier the better so yeah. um just all of these like kind of realistic things surrounding hygiene and preparation just try to normalize that as much as possible and i I mean, if you two know what you're doing, like none of this stuff is gonna be getting in your way. Like it's not a huge part of the scene like to have to worry about this stuff. Like if you're if you basically like work the muscle of like getting the prep down getting getting how to do it kind of like in a succinct and easy way the more you do it the easier it's going to get yeah it's going to feel awkward at first kind of fumbling with gloves or fumbling with a condom on the dildo or fumbling with the loop or whatever it happens to be or or a little mess happens like it might feel awkward at first but honestly the more you do it the more you're just like moving on okay moving on like we can do it quicker and quicker and easier and kind of orient this um like reorient pegging around the the sensation and the fantasy and stuff like this and all this stuff just kind of like supports it you know what I mean yes yes thank you for that I I think the word you use, the,
0: the mortification like we, mm-hmm, and we talked with um, Dr. Jess in episode one about poop and pain and she had a really great line about you know like your partner, what's the worst that's going to happen you know, is this, is your partner going to like not love you anymore, like are you going to be completely undateable, is the word going to get out you know, like, like what's going to happen like it's really a little bit of a mess and um, I also think that you know there's, there's this context that we get to move through with some of this subconscious shame around our bodies or our fantasies or our desires. And when you think about how, how pegging originated, I mean, it was Dan Savage who put out a call for um, being able to coin what anal sex would be for a cisgendered heterosexual man who's receiving it from a cisgendered, likely heterosexual woman who's strapping it on uh, for him. And so, you know, it, it really was anal sex for everybody else except for cisgendered heterosexual men. And so we had to create this specific fantasy to help them you know like really take up space in this activity and i mean strap on play now we know like anybody can strap it on even with people who have factory installed penises everyone can strap it on but this still remains like a particular fantasy and and i love that that you talked in the beginning about you know like how you're the holder of like so many people's secrets and the <laughs>
1: like, closet is overflowing. Yeah. overflowing
0: yes and so do you have any advice for for someone either who is a receiver or a giver or if
1: their partner wants to be a receiver like how can we navigate some of this shame yeah surrounding the shame hmm i think the more you talk about it the more you figure it out for yourself mm. i think yeah bare minimum you need to start talking about it. I think we, we don't talk when we don't talk about things, especially like in a relationship, say if two partners are not talking about things, it's usually surrounding like fear, right. And shame. Um, so if there's any way, uh, you have already established, maybe that it's a shame free judgment, free environment, or, you know, maybe there are steps you can take to create one. Um, And just maybe uh, learning some like active listening skills, for instance. I mean, internalized shame is really kind of a lifelong Mm. journey. You know what I mean? And you can be a supportive figure to your partner, um, but know that it's not as easy as one conversation, especially when like a lot of internalized shame surrounding stuff like this can be like happening lifelong. You know what I mean? It can be a narrative that's going on on in your head surrounding your kink or your sexuality or the way you would like to do sex for your entire adult life. So it's not so easy, but you know, talking, talking about things is huge. The other part of it, uh, surrounding like normalizing is just quite honestly, the more hours you put into it, The easier it's going to get, the better you're going to get at it. You know, pegging and strap-on sex and anal sex uh, can sometimes... Even even with the most experienced bottoms can uh, be, you know, you can get unexpected things happening right still. So there's always going to be that. But in general, like, you know, if you're having a lot of kind of insecurities surrounding bottoming for an an anal scene, once you do it a few times and the more you do it, you'll realize that there really isn't with like a trusting top or dom or whatever. There really isn't too much to be afraid of. And as you said, talking about like, let's get realistic here. Like, what's the worst? What is your worst fear? What's the worst case scenario here? Mm -hmm. And let's talk about it. Like, is it that, you know, like some shit comes out and gets on our sheets? Okay. So what can we do surrounding this that's going to make you feel a little better. Like maybe let's put down towels. Maybe let's have, you know, some, some sheets that we put on for sex, you know, like let's get one of those waterproof sheet things that people that squirt get, you know what I mean? Let's, or maybe let's do it on a tarp or on the floor or in the shower or, you know what I mean? Like, let's talk about some of your worst fears surrounding this and let's figure out ways we can make you feel more comfortable together. And maybe over time, when you realize that that's not, you know, something that's really going to happen a ton, maybe once in a while, you're going to get some, some poop come out. But, you know, maybe then we can kind of peel back some of those things. Like, we don't always have to have it in the shower, perhaps. Um, you know, we can move back to the bed at some point, maybe. But, yeah, I, I think talking is huge. Just trying to have as open a conversation as possible surrounding it, because you're going to just keep being afraid about it if you don't yeah. communicate the fear and you don't have the person's support and help you through it you know i
0: think that's great advice like just keep the communication open
1: as much as you can yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's hard to communicate it for sure is easier said than done but try 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 try
0: yes so i want to talk about like mechanics (laughs) do you have any tips for tops or the people doing the pegging around positions equipment i know these are like big topics but any kinds of things you can help someone who's like new to pegging or wants to get better at pegging around even thrusting i was like this is a lot of work yeah
1: it's not using muscles that I usually use. I'm not yet yeah, their muscles are not built up, like, in people that thrust on a regular basis. Yeah. No. I mean, my favorite position, because I'm also not really great at thrusting with my hips, like being on my knees and thrusting is difficult for me, I just can't f- kind of figure it out. The best position for me as a top is to be standing, actually. And that mm. doesn't mean the, per- the other person has to be standing. Like you can be, you know, beside a a bed or a bench or a couch or whatever. For instance, they could be on all fours or they can be on their backs, kind of like in missionary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm standing because just for me, the mechanics are way easier. You don't have to be doing that kind of like swivelly hip thing, you can just be. Like, you can essentially just lock your knees and, like, be rebounding off of the person. You shouldn't ever lock your knees, however. But you don't have to do this kind of nuanced movement that you kind of have to do if you're on your knees or on your – in another position. I don't know. Standing for me is where it's at. Like – I will only get on my knees and do other positions if, like, the person is requesting it. If they're not requesting it, I'm standing, baby, because that's how I like to top that. Oh, my gosh. Standing. Yes. Do you ever get, <laughs> get requests for uh, people who really like to kind of squat and, like, like do it themselves? Oh, I love that. I love it so much. Um, yeah, that's probably my second favorite position other than standing. It's going to be me sitting or, like, we have this kind of chaise um thing it's kind of like a pleather chaise where it's kind of sitting but kind of lying down and i can just be lounging (laughs) and and (laughs) and like this is a cool nuance right because suddenly they're topping like i'm not doing shit i'm not the one doing the thing i'm wearing the thing um but they're essentially topping their own pegging scene by me just lying there and them like bouncing up and down on it. Oh, it's fantastic. And they can be like straddling on either side of me or they can be like side saddling it, which is hot.
0: Mm. Um,
1: I mean, we've also done, uh, you're very familiar with the thigh harness by unicorn collaborators. I'm sure. Oh yeah.
0: We'll put that in the link for everyone. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It may or may not be like actually named after you. Um, The unicorn yeah I demanded it be named after me <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of those positions where if you've got your say you're just like sitting on the edge of the bed or on a seat or whatever and you've got the thigh harness on with your dildo strapped in and they're just kind of like doing a pony ride so they're bouncing on your knee and you can kind of be bobbing your knee or whatever or not just fucking sit there lean back like put your you know your hands your weight into your hands and just watch this person kind of of sit on your lap and just do and just stimulate themselves like and even that can look so many different ways like depending on the dynamic like I can be completely dominating you in like a stern, severe, maybe humiliating or degrading way by like making you do it to yourself, because maybe you're not, you know, you maybe you're not worth my time and energy to do it. Like, Mm. maybe you've got to earn it. Maybe um, it's a punishment. And it's embarrassing for you to do that to yourself. Mm -hmm. So I'm just gonna sit and watch you or it can be something maybe very kind of maternal energy encouraging energy supportive energy maybe i don't know like a pony ride specifically for me it kind of gives like some cgl vibes you know what i mean so even that that position can look so many different ways yeah but like i think my least favorite position honestly is where i'm on my knees and trying to thrust kind of in that traditional thrusty way that people with penises do yeah i just i just have no desire, ma'am. I don't. Yeah, you're like no, thank you, ma'am. Yeah, thank you. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. I mean, I'll do it, but I'm like tired after. Sort yeah, of
0: too. Yeah. yeah. And do you find that there's a difference of erotic? kind of responses from people to pegging because I think sometimes we hear from penis owners that stimulating prostates or doing anything sort of anal penetration, sometimes an erection isn't present. And we've sort of told like people with penises, hey, you know, as a society, we've been like, you know, all of your sexuality, all of your pleasure, everything is like in the penis. And so it can be kind of jarring, I think, for some people as they
1: start to explore Anal plan they might have a different erotic response is that something you see definitely oh yes for sure um something that i uh that i do like to do um for people that are self-conscious about me seeing their penis while it's happening because they have these kind of internalized feelings about oh i shouldn't be soft right now you know what i mean then I will just have them face away from me. You know what I mean? If if we can't do the work surrounding it, you know, maybe it's a professional thing. We only have 10 minutes together to talk before we're going to launch into the scene. Maybe we can't really tear down those walls surrounding like... You know it's not it's not all about your penis um you know like the the be all and end all of this scene isn't about your penis trust me right if we can't truly can't do that work and that's still something that's really bothering them the fact that i might you know who knows what i might be thinking about the fact that they don't can't maintain the erection throughout the pegging i'll just do the thing where they're on their hands and knees or they're standing and bent over something like a you know a bench or something like that and i'm doing it that way and i'm like okay well You know, we can do it this way just to avoid this altogether, though I wouldn't suggest that as like a long term fix for that. Like of course, the open conversation surrounding it, the normalizing of it, of just like not of like normalizing not always having penis centric sex, you know, is probably a great conversation for, you know, a penis owner and and their partner to have at some point in their lives. (laughs) (laughs) So that, but like the temporary kind of aid situation for me is to just have them facing away from me.
0: Yeah. Okay. I like this. I, I like these, like, really, um, you know, I hope, I hope people find some empathy and some also self-compassion for themselves in, in the self-judgment we have about what performance should look like, you know, what body yeah. should look like when we're doing these things. And, um, I also, I mean, you know, I, I created like the patriarchy back in like 2015. Yes, you did. And, <laughs> I got to get that. And, <laughs> you know, don't hold it on. And <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so funny because i i think in in sex circles or sex educator circles it's it's very a sexualized thing and when i created it it was very much about that that word that you mentioned earlier this subversive kind of play and right. it was about this subverting patriarchy as a system and pegging is a, a fantasy of subversion or can be and and i i thought you know this is so amazing that it's it's crossing kind of social justice as well as like sexuality and and what there is so much in the work that you do and, and working with hmm. people and their fantasies that is so empowering like having this experience that is so reassuring with you and you know really validating of, of what they want and yes some of it might be you know like maybe not necessarily coming in looking for empowerment but leaving with this like positive erotic experience Um, and so what can we do as, as tops, you know, to, to really make sure that we're taking into consideration the emotional or kind of even subconscious power that, that we're playing with in, in these scenarios?
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's something to take very seriously yeah and and by that I don't mean that you can't be laughing and having fun and teasing each other and doing all the helicopters all the air thrusting yes 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 um <laughs> that's just we don't even need to say anytime anybody puts on this that is what you must you must I think it's in the rule book um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, yeah, I think with any real, uh, with most, you know, kinky acts, sexual acts, I think, you know, it can be it can be very playful. And let, let me tell you, playful domination is my style. So, yes, on one hand, it can be playful and about having fun and connecting and doing this like cool kind of new thing together and playing with all these kinds of emotions. But the flip side of that is that. There are emotional implications behind all of these types of play. And specifically, pegging does hold a lot of this kind of potential emotional baggage surrounding it, right? So, I mean, you're going to be taking care beforehand in the negotiation. Obviously, throughout the scene, you're going to keep having that kind of ongoing consent communication surrounding it. You're going to do as much work as you can to provide them the experience that they want you know what i mean um so that you know you're hopefully the intention is that you are soothing some of this negative self-talk um or some of these Mm. like kind of long-held narratives that they have surrounding the act because they're they're usually there a lot of times why we are drawn to certain sexual acts or certain kinks is because you know we kind of have had the opposite Uh, the opposite experience with them in our daily lives. So that's why they're kind of subversive. And then therefore, something that we potentially find hot, you know what I mean, Uh, to do in this kind of behind closed doors way. So those things, and then I mean, something we haven't talked about yet is aftercare, like, Mm -hmm. for something that's potentially, potentially bringing up you know, emotions like that. You got you gotta do the aftercare. Even myself as a professional, I mean, I have to have the client in and out of there in the time they booked. So they book in an hour. We have to do negotiation in that hour, the scene, the aftercare. And then, you know, if they'd like to take a shower after or, you know, even hang out for a little bit post like the immediate aftercare. That's all got to happen within the hour. So But that's something I've then got to make sure I leave time for. Like, I can't be pegging them right until, you know, two minutes to the hour. And then suddenly it's like, oh, you know, it's over. Like, that's my responsibility to leave enough time, leave ample time. It's also something we talk about before the scene starts if they need any specific aftercare needs. But um, most people honestly don't have an answer for that unless they're like a really experienced person with their kink and how they experience this kink. But at the very least, you know, just to know that they're in a safe space still afterwards, get them their kind of physical needs met, you know, like the usual aftercare stuff, like a blanket or maybe a snack or maybe water or maybe a hot tea or a shower or a cigarette or a joint or whatever they usually do. And maybe some like light conversation, you know. But after that, those immediate needs are met. Perhaps there needs to be kind of that long term aftercare happening. So just be aware that a sub, you know, may need that and may not exactly know how to ask for it. So you can like do prompts, like how did that feel for you? What did that scene mean to you? Did you learn anything in this scene about yourself? Did anything surprise you? You know, and then like more detailed things perhaps like, how did you enjoy this very specific acts that we did like you know what what were some of your favorite moments what are things that you perhaps would not like to explore anymore or any further like what are what are some memorable things from it and these are conversations you can have way later as well you know the next week if you're like yeah what what are you still thinking about that scene like what what moments jumped out They're going to have answers for you, most likely, you know what I mean? And that's going to inform you how to be a better dominant, um, be a better, specifically be better in dominating this person or other people that have similar kinks, perhaps, And then that's going to help them, you know, get the tools surrounding, say, if they want to explore a scene like this in the future, maybe help them kind of better form the idea realistically, because maybe they've been fantasizing about it for their whole lives, but haven't, like, actually done it in person with another person. So it's going to help them kind of form uh, how practically realistically uh, doing this kink with another person can look. So all of that stuff is gonna help them move forward kind of like in a more healthful way uh, surrounding how they experience this kink and how they kind of also experience the other um, things we mentioned like toxic masculinity and those other kind of negative narratives narratives that they hold surrounding this kink.
0: Yeah, I think those are, are such useful and practical tips, especially on the language for long term aftercare. Uh, I definitely have experienced people who I was either hooking up with and and pegging
1: and they feel sort of shame afterwards that, that yes, they did it's the fine thing. in the moment. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then afterwards they have these feelings coming in. Yeah. So it's important to check in like you know, not just the after the immediate point, but but after and if you can't, for whatever reason, maybe you need to organize a situation where they have somebody that might do the long term aftercare with them. For instance, like myself as a professional facilitator, I may not have access to them beyond this one session, right? So it's like, okay, who can you talk to about this to kind of pick your brain about it in a week or a few days or whatever. And let let's set up an aftercare plan for you surrounding this when I can't be here with you no longer.
0: Yeah. And I I think for bottoms, like tuning into how that shame might show up for you. And so whether that's you feel distant or withdrawn or that this was a one time thing, you're never going to do it again. And if that's true, that's totally okay. But also just like noticing that work and putting in the labor for yourself to, to make sure you're all right.
1: Yeah, bottoming skills, right?
0: Yeah, good bottoming. Uh, I have like had such a great time learning from you today, and and there's so much advice that you've given that is expands. I think like beginners to like more uh, advanced peggers, and and really just like picking up the skills that we need to get better. Is there anything else you would like to
1: to share about your experience with pegging? Oh man, I mean, I mean. We we at one point we're going to be like should we talk about bloopers? <laughs> right, we're going to talk about bloopers. Is there anything we're talking about, like the tips or like receiving or giving? <laughs> uh, just like like go as slow as you need to. Like you know, it may seem like you're moving backwards. You're going so slow. That's fine. Like yes. and by and by go slow. I don't mean go slow, but by the end of the. Hour or whatever it happens to be, you're taking the full dick. Like the end game doesn't have to be taking the full dick. The end game doesn't have to be taking the biggest dick. Just to meet yourself at where you are comfortable physically. And like that can grow over time, you know, over years, the dick can grow over time. (laughs) But, um, like by slow, it means this could be a very long process. You know, if you, if you do have an end goal of taking a big, big dick, like anal training is a thing. And it's a thing that can take a long time, like months, you know what I mean? Years even to really learn how to use those muscles like as a bottom and, and really train yourself. Say you're getting your hands on like an anal training kit where it's, you know, a bunch of different sizes of dildos or a bunch of different sizes of plugs or you're, you kind of have short term and long term goals with a partner. It's like, this could be a long journey. Um, so by going slow, it doesn't mean just like, go slow when you're inserting it, it just means like this whole process, it like just go at a tortoise's pace, basically, if okay. you need. Some people can just suddenly magically take a big dick and and oh, great for them. But yeah. that's that's not the usual. Like what you see in porn, the the actors do a lot of prep, a lot of prep for these scenes. Right. And they've been doing it a long time and they're very experienced. But you don't see all that. You just see this scene where you're just seeing the pegging but there's a lot 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 more that goes into it so try to be patient with yourself surrounding your your pegging journey yeah thank you for
0: setting those those expectations um like a a reality check on our anal expectations and i love that you mentioned anal training kits like Vibe has some great beginner butt stuff bundles as well as anal training kits and i love the idea of just getting a multiple set of butt plugs that increase in size that you can then work with. Because, I mean, your ass opens up and, over the course of training, and then if you don't play with it for a while, it, it does, like, tighten again. And so, like, having these kits is so useful and just so, like, oh, let me treat my butt to do the things that it needs for me to do the thing that I want to do.
1: Definitely. And I mean, I think it needs doesn't need to be said, use a flared base, always use a flared base, don't use something that you found around the house. Like, here's the thing that's I've been experiencing a lot, because I'm doing remote sessions now this past year. So we don't get to use all the fancy pegging and strap on shit that I own and that I have at the dungeon. I have to use the stuff that they have on their side of the screen on their side of the Skype. And sometimes like, you know, people are so shamed around this type of play that they, they can't even buy a dildo or buy a plug. So they're trying to find shit around their house. And let me tell you, the sex educator within me, just, you know, cries a little bit each time someone tries to use a banana or a Swiffer handle, or if like, I've, I've honestly been through it all in the last year. And it's like, just buy a, just just go to the bvi website right now just go to the bvi website treat, it's okay. your booty. treat your booty yeah treat your booty baby
0: yeah <laughs> everywhere is offering discreet shipping discreet like on the credit cards like it's it's possible there's no reason yeah.
1: we can do there's this no reason to not <laughs> buy yourself the actual stuff so you're making we're making sure you're doing it safely and healthfully
0: exactly exactly No
1: excuses people
0: None. All right, Lady Pam, I need to hear a booty blooper because I feel like you're probably <laughs> the best person full of booty bloopers that I've had
1: so far. So feel free to share one on one if you need to, but let me hear your best one. <laughs> I do. I do have a few. I don't know if I have like a best one, like one that happened very recently, which kind of sticks in my brain. Oh, my God, he's, do <laughs> he's doing a Skype with somebody and um, like a Skype session professionally with somebody and they were using a dildo um, for me. Like I had a lovely view of some, like, self-pegging that was happening, I guess you might call it, (laughs) and they had a suction cup, like – on like I guess it was the coffee table, you know what I mean? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And and you know, I had the, the screen, the laptop was set up right there, you know, right in front of me. I got to see the dildo there and they were bouncing on it essentially, right? And then, you know, sometimes as we mentioned, sometimes things happen. Shit happens, right? So um they get off of it and, you know, there's a bit, there's a bit of um something has happened. Let's <laughs> Some things have happened. Um, And And what's just so funny about this situation is that then they left to go do whatever, you know? (gasps) Leaving me (laughs) with the dodo. (laughs) directly, just directly, perfectly framed in my laptop screen while they went and attended to their needs, which is fine. Sure, go do it. Uh, It's just so funny to me that they didn't take the dildo with them. (laughs) It's just so funny that I was left with this visual. (laughs) For
0: like a good two minutes. What you're telling me is that you were zooming with a shitty dildo. (laughs) what is your life lady (laughs)
1: that's what I was thinking too I was like what is my job oh my god (laughs)
0: that is magnificent (laughs) thank you Wait, what color dildo was it?
1: <laughs> oh, it's flesh colored. So, you <laughs> know, it popped. Yes, yeah, okay. popped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's high> contrast. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's so good. Thank you for yep. racing us with that story. <laughs> like, I mean, we're honored here. <laughs> oh, I know. And I mean, like, I, I'm not going to, I'm not ashamed of, like, I also bottom for anal play. So, like, I mean, I've bottomed and, ha- and had many a blooper. Like, too many, really, to recount. Like, yeah, i have on a dildo, yeah. Oh, I shot on half of Toronto, honestly. <laughs> um so- <laughs> So I'm not gonna like you know go and act like I only have bloopers of people having bloopers <laughs> while I'm talking.
0: No, yeah. no, ma'am. Poop doesn't come out of my anus. I don't know why this person pooped on their dildo. Hey, <laughs> gross! Ew! Oh my god! I can't believe they did that. Like, oh, how dare they! <laughs> Lady Kim, I'm so glad <laughs> to have you. You are such a delight and so wise, and I love seeing all the different things that you're doing. So creative. We're gonna drop links to your Twitter and Instagram and just wherever anyone can find out about all the amazing things that you're doing and teaching. And yeah, I'm just so happy to have had you. Thank you so much.
1: Honestly, Luna, over the years, I can't tell you honestly how much I've learned from you as well. You're just an incredible educator and just a lovely person. And I just... I'm so blessed to have your friendship. And honestly, like a lot of the stuff that I've that I have learned that I do daily in my professional practice, I have learned from you. So Mm. you are just such a shining light. And I'm sure there are like... I've shit on half of Toronto. I'm sure. I'm sure half of Toronto have learned, like, just taken so much away from from your. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be emotional with you right now. Why are you laughing? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: Go back to the room I'm better. I'm back.
1: <laughs> you said shit on Toronto again. How could I not go <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. No, I love you. And thank you so much for asking me to be on this. It's been such a treat to finally reciprocate the favor and be on your pod. I am so excited to do this. Thank you. Oh, thank you so
0: much. Thank you. Wow. What an amazing conversation with Lady Pym. I was definitely fulfilled in my hunger for the behind the scenes pegging stories. And I love her approach to fantasy and to education. And really, you know, whether you're someone who's in a professional role when you're pegging or if you're just in your bedroom, all of these skills are really valuable for building our confidence, our creativity. Activity, our ability to connect with the people that we're doing things with. So I, I hope you got as much out of it as me. And maybe you were doing a little air thrusting, you know, while you were listening. Uh, I am going to include all of the Lady Pym's contact information and some of the products that we mentioned in the show notes. So you can find those pretty easily and keep learning from the Lady Pym. And I hope that we will Continue to destigmatize anal sex for cisgendered heterosexual men. I hope that we will continue to destigmatize pegging and also see the beauty in engaging our erotic imagination. So, until next time, stay bootyful.